Warning, the following podcast contains spoilers for the movie Running Scared and Vera Farmiga's Lady Parts. It's the Distum Podcast! Hello and welcome to the Distum Podcast, where I go through my movies, games, and music one disc at a time. The goal is to determine whether the discs are worth keeping or if I'm going to dump them. As always, I'm your host, Miles Trout. Today, I have a short episode for you because I am flying solo. We're going to be talking about the movie Running Scared, starring Paul Walker. But fast... A brief history. Running Scared is an action movie from the year 2006 starring Paul Walker. The plot of the movie revolves around organized crime and unbelievable bad luck. At the beginning of the movie, there's a shootout involving crooked cops and a gang of thugs who work for the Russian Mafia. The thug leader tasks Paul Walker's character to dispose of the guns used in the shooting. The plot is pretty complicated, but the general gist of the story is that the neighbor's kid gets his hands on one of those guns before Paul Walker can dispose of it. The domino effect that ensues leads Paul Walker to taking down the Russian mafia and revealing that he was an undercover agent the whole time. This movie is an unironic modern-day grindhouse movie if I have ever seen one. Really. The term grindhouse is overused what with that planet terror movie and machete and all those movies like that machete there's like some tongue-in-cheek to those movies because they know that they're really over the top and silly running scared i don't think has the uh the meta knowledge that it's over the top and silly they don't realize that at all right on the box it says this makes kill bill look like sesame street in some ways, I guess I could see that. It takes itself way more seriously than Kill Bill did, but the gore and violence definitely are not even close to the same league. Perhaps the most impressive part of this movie is the cinematography. The camera zooms in aggressively, bringing the view to close-ups from far, far away sometimes. This movie was definitely recorded on film, which makes the digital effects of 2006 stand out even more. If this movie were made today, I think the special effects would be a bit more on par. However, that's when CGI was just starting to become like somewhat acceptable, but it's, how do I explain it? It's kind of like how hairstyles don't hold up that were popular back then. Like, yes, highlights are good. No, you shouldn't just bleach the ends of your hair and leave the roots dark. Does that make sense? That was kind of like the hairstyle like Justin Timberlake with his curls back then. Just bleach the tips and then eh, maybe it doesn't make any sense, but I'm going on anyway. So this movie is super violent and there isn't much sympathy for the F word. And I'm not talking about the F word F-U-C-K. It's uh, the one that's used for a bundle of sticks. Yeah, there's really no PC-ness about this movie at all. Uh, Everything looks like dirty in this movie. All the gunfights and everything, everyone's so grimy, and they put like a filter over the lens that makes everything look like everyone needs a shower. It opens with like kids bleeding in Paul Walker's car, and Paul Walker's like urging to get them to the hospital, and there's like blood everywhere. I suppose that's realistic considering people are shooting each other, but it just looks sticky and gross, and I guess it's realistic, but... Speaking of things that are realistic, Paul Walker straight up eats out Vera Farmiga on the screen, and it was completely jarring. I was, like, prepared for a gory movie with violence, and just out of nowhere, he just, like, bends her over, and he pulls her panties down, and he gets up in there, and it, like, he legit gets in there. And I'm sure that made some of the ladies watching Jealous back in the day, but I was just like, whoa, <laughs> totally took me by surprise. I wonder if that's, like, part of Vera Farmiga's 
contract is like i must have lip to lip contact because <laughs> like leonardo dicaprio did the same thing in the departed and i just i feel like it's not a coincidence she plays probably the strongest character in the movie if i can make such a statement she's on the sidelines for most of the movie but she comes out of the woodwork and just like saves the kid from two pedophiles uh that was undoubtedly the craziest part of the movie all the other scenes were gritty and violent and fast with cursing and cruelty and then out of nowhere there's a scene where the boy i think his name was oleg yeah oleg there's a scene where oleg ends up in the possession of a pedophile couple and it brings all the momentum of the whole movie to a screeching halt and is like suddenly there's intrigue and you're just like what the fuck is going on it was like everything before this was dirty and gross and now it's like bright colors and all the surfaces are clean everyone's smiling and they're friendly and they're just like too nice like way too nice like oh this is getting creepy and they're trying to convince uh oleg and some little girl to start touching each other on camera and the whole thing just feels really uncomfortable and then vera formiga comes out of nowhere and finds oleg and instead of leaving with him and calling the cops to report them for being pedophiles she calls the cops and reports a shooting and she just lights them up and just bam bam and uh it was pretty badass because she was all mad that she was hearing the f word earlier in the movie but that's not that's not the F word I was referring to. I'm, I'm talking about the word fuck. Anyway, she was upset about the word fuck, but then she's icing these pedophiles. It was pretty crazy. So the kid has a crazy journey in this movie, too. He starts off with an abusive stepfather who he shoots with Paul Walker's gun, and that's what gets the whole thing started. And then he runs away, and everyone thinks it's Paul Walker's kid who has it. So Paul Walker's, like, defending his kid from all these people while trying to find Oleg. And uh, at some point... Paul Walker's kid and Oleg kind of trade the gun back and forth and it gets a little confusing at that point but mostly Oleg has it the whole movie. Oleg when he runs away he ends up in the custody of a hooker and the hooker is mad at her pimp so Oleg helps the hooker like beat up her pimp which is really weird and uh, that pimp is a, <laughs> a wild over-the-top character and he's important later in the movie but uh, after Oleg beats up a pimp, he gets picked up by the cops who, uh, they basically give him up to the mafia guy and the mafia guy, when he doesn't get what he wants out of Oleg, he gives him to the pedophiles. And then Vera Formiga comes in and lights them up and ends up giving him to Paul Walker. Eventually, he and Paul Walker end up on an ice skating rink with the heads of the Russian Mafia. How did the heads of the Russian Mafia end up in this situation? Well, there's a piss-poor explanation in the movie that's complicated and hard to follow, but basically, it gave them an excuse to make all the hockey references they make and have all of the terrible, terrible, terrible Russian accents that they have in this movie. So, yeah, apparently Oleg's really into hockey, and I imagine the director's really into hockey because... There's just a lot of hockey references for fake hockey teams <laughs> and a lot of really shitty fake Russian accents. What I remember most about this movie is that the bad guys pin down Paul Walker and there's pro hockey players slapping pucks into Paul Walker's face. That's the part I remember because I was like, I can't imagine that hurts that bad. And then it looks like it hurts like a bitch when they do it. So I imagine that doesn't feel very good. And there's like a whole bunch of double crossing and shit that goes on. And then everyone starts shooting each other. And neither the kid nor Paul Walker end up getting shot. Everyone's bleeding, but they didn't get shot. So they go to Denny's for breakfast instead of going to the, the hospital, the police station, or even home, anywhere. Nope. They were like, we need some bacon and eggs. <laughs> So they go and get breakfast after a huge shootout and lots of murder and they reveal Paul Walker's a cop and instead of going with the police because he does in fact know the procedure, he's like, no, I'm getting breakfast. <laughs>
It kind of reminds me of the end of Pineapple Express. Like, they're all sitting there bleeding to death and they're just eating breakfast. (laughs) Anyway, so right when they think they're home free, the pimp from earlier shows up because he's mad at Oleg and he brings a bunch of hoes with him and Paul Walker has to fight them all off single-handedly with a switchblade and they have guns and uh, Paul Walker eventually gets shot and they cut back to the opening of the movie where Paul Walker is acting like he's trying to save Oleg, but really, Paul Walker's the one who's been shot. I don't remember any of the other characters' names. I'm the worst with character names. Okay, so this is why. I don't like seeing celebrities in a lot of movies because I feel like it's counterintuitive. I talked a little about it in the first episode of this podcast, but I don't see anyone other than Paul Walker when Paul Walker is acting on screen. I don't see whatever white trash streetwise character Vera Farmiga is playing or whatever her name is. I just see Vera Farmiga getting eaten out by Paul Walker. I don't see them as characters. So like the kid who plays Oleg has been in other things. I've seen him in other shit, but I don't know the actor's name off the top of my head. I don't know any of the other movies he's been off the top of my head. And that's why he's Oleg in this podcast. And he's not whatever that kid's name is. Paul Walker is forever Paul Walker from Fast and Furious in my brain. Vera Farmega, she's uh, a little bit more eclectic. She's in a lot of different kinds of movies and stuff, so she is not quite in the same lexicon in my brain, but Paul Walker is Paul Walker is Paul Walker. Paul Walker always plays the same character. He's that cool guy that always ends up with the hot blonde chick. Like, that's just his thing. So, I mean, that's just how I see, like, celebrities in movies. Arnold Schwarzenegger will never be anyone other than Arnold Schwarzenegger in a movie. Or Robert Downey Jr. is just RDJ. That's just who he is. Yeah, so once somebody hits, like, a certain level of being a good actor, that's fine and dandy. I'm really happy for them that they're celebrated. But I don't think they should... Like, I think there should be a point where either they wear a lot of makeup or CGI or something or do voiceover work. But, I mean, even Mark Hamill is now Mark Hamill to me when I hear him doing voice acting work. One of the most celebrated voice actors of our time is just Mark Hamill. So, I mean, there just comes an accolade of fame where you are just that famous person to me. I don't know. Maybe I'm just being stupid and talking out of my butt, but that's kind of how I view celebrities. So, that's also why I'm the worst with names. Just in general, I'm bad with names, though. So, I think that works out for the celebrities that you're that guy from that thing, but I don't know your name. Anyway, so I don't have that much to say about this movie. It was entertaining. Uh, It was a little too long. The story was pretty complex, which is cool. It's a thriller, and it would have you on the edge of your seat if you can get over the really bad CGI-enhanced camera work. There's a lot of tension and violence. Uh, I like those elements in movies. I really like that it was an edge-of-your-seat movie, and when I was, like, I don't know, 14 or 15 when I saw this movie, I liked it a lot. But now I'm like, eh, all right, it's it's okay. So do I want to keep this disc? Nope. I don't foresee myself ever watching this movie anytime soon, and if I do, I can get it on Amazon or whatever if I really am like, oh man, what's that hockey movie with the violence and Paul Walker? Does anybody want a copy of Running Scared? (laughs) I'll give you the copy (laughs) whenever. Uh, It's all good. So, I mean, if you want it, reach out to me. Uh, There's a variety of ways you can reach out to me. First, you can write me an email at discdumppod at gmail.com. That's D-I-S-C. D-U-M-P-P-O-D at gmail.com. Don't forget the little pee-pee in there. It's important. The next best way to get a hold of me is through my Facebook page, which is Disc Dump Podcast, 
Or even better, you can join the group, the Distump Podcast Fans. That's where you're going to get most of the promotional stuff, lots of good discussions, and previews for upcoming episodes. I could use your help when it comes to Twitter and Instagram, guys, I'm not going to lie. If you could find me on Twitter at DiscDump, that would be super great. You can find me on Instagram at DiscDumpPod. Again, don't forget the pee-pee. I put up, like, preview pictures on Instagram, which is kind of cool, but I'm not very good at Instagram, so I'm, I'm working on that. Twitter, on the other hand, like, I understand the concepts of Twitter, and I feel like I'd be good at it if I just had a couple more followers. So I'm calling you guys out i need anyone who's into twitter please follow me because i don't know that many people who are into twitter i really don't like i feel like all the celebrities all they talk about is twitter like it's a huge deal and i don't i don't know anyone who uses it so if you could reach out to me on twitter and follow me that would be rad i'm following like 200 people and i have five followers <laughs> so Twitter is probably not the most active way to get a hold of me, but I would like it to be. Twitter is where like the videos that are made by the software I use, they get put on Twitter first before anywhere else, and it takes a while for them to get put everywhere else. So if you want to be the first to hear some episodes or see some links and stuff like that to websites or whatever, go to the Twitter because that's where you're going to get all that before anybody else. I want to say a special thank you to the Jazz June for the use of our new theme song, Viva La Speed Metal, off of the album The Medicine. I love their music. They've gotten me through some hard times, and they were so kind as to let us use this music for the podcast. I appreciate you guys so much. Thank you, the Jazz June. I also want to say thank you to the Fat Rat for the use of our song, Unity. You can find this bouncy EDM music on YouTube. So thank you guys for listening. Don't forget to dispose of your guns and take care of your kids. <laughs>